Hello, everybody, and welcome to the return of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. As always, coming to you from high atop Ty Rivera Studios, a.k.a. Casa de Bijou. Bijou and Jerry are currently uh, in the kitchen right now eating a couple of Whimsy's alligators. If you're not familiar with the Whimsy's alligators, they are made of vegetable. And um, they let your dogs get in there chewing. They clean their teeth a bit. And they're made of vegetables, so you don't have to worry about rawhide. Um, I guess you have to watch out for choking or something like that. I don't ever leave my dogs alone with them. I'm always in the room when they're eating. Like, the kitchen is, I can see Jerry right now as I do this, so. Um, they're not unattended with the whimsies. And they usually finish them in about 15 minutes, but then they're kind of exhausted, and I get to do what I have to do with Unbothered, and I give them one pretty much every other day. So anyway, I decided to take a three-week break which was kind of unplanned, but at the same time, I knew it was happening and I didn't do anything to correct it just because I felt like it was necessary. A couple weeks ago, maybe I posted on Facebook that I felt like God had a particular had me on a particular track and I'm not really too worried about anything. I'm just kind of doing what God tells me to do. And that's where I'm at with things. And I know it probably would surprise some people to know that I even believe in God. I'm not a terribly religious person. I'm not uh, reading the Bible anytime soon. I've never read the Bible. If you do read the Bible, I love that for you. Um, if you don't believe in God, I love that for you too. Um, if you're atheist, agnostic, whatever you are, um, I don't have a problem with anything. I do what works for me. And I trust that you're all smart enough to do what works for you. Um, me personally, like I said, I'm not really religious. I think it's kind of hard for some of us to be Catholic anymore, like truly Catholic. And not only because they're ridiculous in some of the things that they ask of us, but also in some of the hypocrisy and, of course, the... Um, abuse scandal and you know all the stuff we found out plus you know I've been very honest about it I've <laughs> fucked a couple priests uh, so I'm not really big on the whole Catholic what it's supposed to be so I'm not doing that but you know and if you hear me breathing a little hard it's just the diabetes kicking in I've been really good about my diet and um Sundays are always my cheat day. And just right now, I had Airhead Soft Filled Bites, which was like my official cheat day candy. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about it as candy goes, as far as candy goes. Uh, I usually like sours and gummies, but <sighs> I don't know that these really did it for me. They weren't particularly good. You can try them for yourself. I think they're pretty new, but... Whatever. Anyway, uh, what did I want to talk about? Okay, so I mentioned the thing about um, religion, God, that kind of thing. That's the way I feel. I feel like I'm on a particular track right now. And I felt like it was better for me to get my life in order and then come back to doing Unbothered rather than do a half-ass Unbothered. The last one I did was really great. It was with Earl Skakel. If you haven't heard it, check it out. It's definitely good. Then the one before that was with Jeffrey J. That one was super good. 
I don't know why that one didn't get more listeners because I did everything I did, could to push it. But for some reason, I don't know, um, it just didn't get a lot of listeners. And I wish a lot of people would go back and actually pay attention to that episode because it was really good. And I think Jeffrey gives a good idea of what... Um, I don't want to say what trans people should be like because I don't think that we should really tell people what they should be like. But at the same time, I think that his stance or his approach is very helpful. Last night, um, because I just was performing in the La Jolla Comedy Store, or at the La Jolla Comedy Store all weekend, I was opening for Chris Spencer and um, working with Buddy Lewis as well. So we were kind of co-featuring was the way it worked out, just because of a mix-up. It turned out Chris Spencer had his own feature, who was Buddy Lewis, but I had already been booked to feature. And so they worked it out where uh, me and Buddy split the time. And, you know, when something like that happens, sometimes you worry that the other comics are going to kind of maybe not be the nicest to you or make you feel ostracized or something like that. But that wasn't the case at all. They were both very nice to me. They're both very funny people. I hadn't met either of them before. I'd known Chris Spencer because... He used to run Trippin' on Tuesday at the comedy store in the main room when I first got here to L.A. And I used to love his show. I knew it was popular, and that's where I originally saw Lunell and some of the others that I really do like. And um, he just ran a great show. So I knew of him, but I hadn't actually met him, and he was really nice. And I thanked him, of course, for not canceling me for the weekend because he was the headliner, and he, you know is a legit comic with legit credits and by all rights could have told the club, no, I don't want two features. I just want my guy. Um, but instead he was like, yeah, sure. I'll, you know, allow this guy to do some time. And he was really cool with me. Um, I don't know. You know, I'm kind of in a weird place right now as far as certain things go on my thinking. Cause I'm trying to, well, I'll tell you this. I had stopped smoking weed for New Year's. And then I held on to that until you guys heard the Chris Storen episode. Uh, me and Chris, that's part of our friendship. So we got high. And then after that, I was just kind of smoking weed and hanging out. But I'm not... I just did it for like a New Year's resolution just for six months until June. And so I was just like, so I just break my resolution. I mean, like, I don't really care too much about resolutions anyway. Um, but I just feel like I'm better when I'm sober. Uh, as far as what I have to do right now, I have so much that I have to focus on. I have so much that I have to take care of. And I just feel like it's better if I stay sober. And so, um, and sometimes people are kind of weird about that or whatever. But what people have to know about me is that pretty much everything you've seen from me has been done in a sober state. Like, I'm not a comic that has ever been really big on anything because I always felt like I had to take these breaks. It was always like, you know, take a break from smoking, take a break from drinking, take a break from, you know, doing all the fun stuff and just be really self-disciplined. And so, not to sound douchey, but Ty Rivera, the brand, is actually a sober brand more than anything else. It's usually sober and self-disciplined, a lot of going to the gym, a lot of watching what I eat, and that's what I've gotten back to is really watching what I eat, really making it to the gym like I'm supposed to. 
But I, I feel like I need to be more focused because there are certain things that have been bothering bothering me, like um, and the name of the podcast is Unbothered. So how can I just run around bothered if it's called Unbothered? I had to take some time and get re-unbothered. So let's talk about the things that uh, I've seen lately that have gotten on my nerves, and let's get unbothered about them. Here we go. Um, the other day, I posted on my Facebook that Olivia Hader, well, if you don't know, Olivia Hader is a trans comic, and I put comic in quotes because she doesn't really get up anywhere. I don't see her anywhere, and I'm around a lot. And I don't even see her on a lot of flyers or posting about a lot of shows. Mostly what she does is, she started off being, you know, in the comedy community as a comic, and then she just started to social justice warrior on everybody and try to police everybody on what they could and couldn't say regarding trans and that kind of stuff. And it was just kind of like, bitch, who the fuck are you? I mean, like, why don't you try getting a clean shave and then let's revisit this? But we've already been over this, I believe. I believe I've told you guys about Olivia and her antics before. But at the same time... I always felt like eventually we would become friends because here's the deal. Every once in a while I say stuff like this and people think I'm being transphobic. And the truth is I just I'm really comfortable in my community and I'm going to talk any way that I want to talk because I'm a grown ass fucking man. And I've been out forever now and I've been around everybody. And some people would say not good enough. Bitch, nobody fucking asked you. I didn't ask you what was good enough. I didn't ask you what your opinion was. I didn't ask you shit. And a lot of the people that try to argue with me really don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. So let's 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 start from there. Let's completely understand that that's my attitude about this. So if you want a social justice warrior on me in, in any way and be like, this is what I think, I want to know why a 20-year-old thinks they want to tell that they're going to tell me what it is I'm supposed to think. I don't care what you think. I don't care at all. You've got a lot of unpacking to do yourself if you're in your 20s. Get a little bit of age on you. Get a little bit of perspective. Come back and revisit this episode at that point, And maybe you'll understand my thinking. Because here's the deal. When it comes to Olivia and Robin Tran and Rye Silverman, I've always felt like one day they should just understand that we're on the same side. Yeah, consider me your tough uncle that's just not going to say the words that you want to say, the that you want said the way you want them said. Uh, that's just not what my role is. That's not what I'm doing. I'm here to help in a different way, you know? You have the rest of the comedy community or whoever you're talking to to coddle you. I'm here to try to help you out on the parts where people aren't going to fucking bend. Because sometimes... You're really not helping yourself. Sometimes if you were just to explain to people what it is you're doing, what it is you are, why it is you feel the way you feel, then you could not only make a new friend, but you could possibly gain a new ally for the community and for your cause. Which, I hate to tell you trans people, but you need as many votes as you can possibly get right now. You need as many people understanding what it is you are and what it is you need, and why it is you need that. And a lot of times, the same people you call stupid, ignorant, and whatever else, they are ignorant, because they don't know what it is you're going through. It is completely foreign to them. And a lot of people that grew up during my time, my generation, like, we weren't even, we were told we weren't even supposed to be gay, you know? Like, even gay was supposed to be a huge thing. And now look where we are with that. But that's taken 
a lot of gay people being willing to put up with straight people's silly questions and not understanding certain things. And I still answer those same kind of questions. But then you have this new generation like, you know, Rye, Olivia, Robin, that think that they're going to shout at people and call them stupid until they say the things that you want them to say. Well, if you continuously call people stupid, they're not going to treat you with respect either. So it's kind of ridiculous for you to expect them to try to respect and understand you when you don't extend that same courtesy. And so I posted, because, you know, Olivia always has something horrible to say about me. Anytime somebody posts something about me on social media, she's always one of the first to chime in and be like, he's a horrible person. He's whatever, bitch, whatever. That's what she always does, right? So I posted her on my Facebook and I tagged her in it. I was like, Olivia Hater is the Pam to my Martin. Because if you remember the show Martin, Pam was like the foil and she would come in and argue with Martin and Martin would shut her down and then she'd storm off. And that's the way my relationship with Olivia is on social media. Like she'll come after me on Facebook and then I'll slap her with a few silly quips and a bunch of comics will get laughs off of it, even though they can't like it publicly because they'll get called names and ostracized from a certain part of the community. And so, but I get a lot of people hitting me up in like private message and in person, like that was hilarious what you told Olivia. So anyway, so she hits me up on that post and is like, I don't even know why you're thinking about me and whatever else. I don't think about you. And I was like, really? Because you seem to talk about me every time I come up on somebody's thread. So for somebody that doesn't think about me, and then I was like, I said in so many words, one day you're going to understand we're on the same side and we'll be cool. So she chose to block me at that point. Well, then a couple days later, I'm hanging out with another comic and he was like, hey, did you see Olivia Hater's latest thing? And I was like, no, what was it? And he was like, she just started a GoFundMe so that she could get her vagina. So she's trying to raise 20 grand to get her vagina. Now, this is where people start to get on my nerves. Because this same person just had a GoFundMe last year to raise like $8,000 so that she could get an RV. And what this person really needs is a job. And I don't think there's anything wrong with the people that supposedly love her telling her to stop asking people for money Get a job, be proactive in your own life. If you don't care, why should anybody else? And I hope that nobody contributes to this GoFundMe. I know it's already got some money in it, but I hope that nobody contributes to this GoFundMe because you need a job. That's what you need to do. You need to get a job. If you feel like a vagina is so important, then why don't you join in and start working for it yourself? Supposedly her RV got stolen, which we discussed that on another episode. And the only reason I even talk about this person is because I think she's such a detriment to the community. I really do feel like people act like the things I say are terrible for the LGBT community. No, people like Olivia are what's wrong with the LGBT community. People that think that the fact that they're trans makes it so they don't have to get a job. It's like, bitch, I've known so many girls that have done what they've had to do to get the things that they need to be the person that they were born to be. I've known so many throughout my entire life. That's why I'm not sympathetic. 
because my entire adult life has been spent around trans people that were working as many jobs as they could, trying to make stuff happen, putting themselves through school. One of my best friends, Tyler, he was having the hardest time. He was broke all the time. And we were all good friends, so, you know, we'd buy him a couple drinks or stuff like that, but you know that stuff is just it's not what you need, you know? I mean, like, really what you need is, like, rent and stuff like that. Never did this guy run a GoFundMe. Never did he run... I mean, you're a trans man, so when you hear me saying guy, that's me respecting the actual terminology and, you know, his identity. I'm not being at all... I'm not misgendering anybody right now. My friend Tyler. Um, yeah, he he was working all the time, and he was always broke, and it wasn't his fault, you know? He was trying as hard as he could, but between trying to put himself through school and having an apartment and... I remember him just being exhausted and he would just work his ass off. But then people like Olivia Hader want to have a GoFundMe for an RV and then RV life doesn't turn out to be everything that you wanted it to be. So then you say your RV got stolen, which maybe it did get stolen, but I don't know who really steals an RV like that. But supposedly her RV got stolen. So now there's $8,000 that you just got stolen from your people. And now you come back for another 20000 because you need a vagina quick, fast, and in a hurry? Okay, well, I think what you really need is a job. And that's where I'm going to leave it with that. And anybody that has a problem with that, feel free to not listen to Unbothered by Ty Rivera anymore. Feel free not to contribute to me in any way. Don't show up to any of my shows. And if it bothers you that much, if you're cool, if you disagree and you just have your own thinking on it and you think you should help her out or whatever. I'm cool with that. I'm fine with you making that decision for yourself. But what I'm saying is if you think that I'm wrong for even expressing this kind of thinking, then I think you need to find your entertainment somewhere else because this is the way I feel in my heart of hearts when it comes to Miss Olivia Hater. She needs to get a job. Then uh, there was this thing I said about Comedy Central the other day, which it's like just that they every year they seem to do a bunch of missteps. And that might sound bold for me to say that, but I've been doing stand up for 14 years now. And I think I have a right to at least have an opinion about what's happening within the comedy community, within the industry, where you're just sort of like, I see the people that you're picking. And, like, shout out to Sam J and Chris Red. Both of them are hilarious. Both of them are original. Both of them are great. Both of them are doing something different. Uh, but the gay men you picked? Comedy Central, get a hold of yourself. Solomon Giorgio? I mean, like, he did well on Conan, and I was impressed for that with that um, when I saw that. But then I saw him in real life a couple of times, and I was like, does this kid always just eat shit? And then I went to watch this taping that he did um, for a show that he was trying to put out called The Parlor, I think it was called. And I went to go see that show, and he's so closed off to anybody else's thinking that it really was like, oh, no, you're, what, you're exactly what's wrong with the LGBT community as well. You might as well. No wonder you and Olivia hate our friends. You like to do nothing but hear your own voice and your own side. And that's not the way to win people over. That's not the way to get people to actually see things your way is by telling them and only hearing your side. Because... Somebody else on the panel had brought up a different side of thinking, and they were like, um, 
he pressed them about it. And this person really knows their shit. So this person like went into like the reasons that they thought they <laughs> the way they did. And they started, you know, citing different like, OK, this is why I say this exactly. And suddenly Solomon got very uncomfortable. And then exactly what he said was, well, it's my show and we're going to change the subject now. So, you know, if you're trying to help out the LGBT community, Comedy Central, you're really going the wrong way with it. And I know, like I've already said on uh, Facebook as well, I know some people are going to think that this comes from some sort of bitterness or like I submitted. I did not submit for Comedy Central for half an hour or I don't even know what um what they do now if they do just half hours or if they do hours as well i don't really know what comedy central has been up to um i just know that when i see the list it's usually like who are these people there's a fair amount of that going on when they release what's going on in comedy central and i ask my friends that are also well versed in comedy have been around for a while and a lot of times they're like i don't know either i think the industry right now and comedy central in particular is kind of picking people based on look and and more fitting a demographic than what's actually going on in comedy, which I understand that from a television perspective. But maybe your name should be Entertainment Central rather than Comedy Central if you're more focused on these stories rather than what the actual comedy is. Because I might be old school in my thinking. But I think that if comedy is going to be in your name, and comedy is the first word in your name, your comedy central. I think that the comedy should be most important. And a lot of the comics I've seen that have gotten half hours when I see them in real life, like I said, they just eat it all the time. And it's like, okay. And then you, after that, because after they get their half hour or whatever, usually they will get some road work and they can't do the road work. And this is not me being shady. It's just what it is a lot of times. And it's not even like audiences want to go see them. So I think it really is the execs at Comedy Central just have this very particular taste. And they're like, okay, this is what we're going to go with because this is what we like. And it's not about the general public or what's really going to move or push comedy forward. So then when I hear people talking about like Dave Chappelle, because Dave Chappelle just recently put out his two specials and um, I heard people talking about how he was not uh, sensitive to the LGBT community and he was about trans and then when it came to rape and stuff like that. And it's like Dave Chappelle is at least funny. So whether you like where he is in his evolution as far as thinking on lgbt and that kind of stuff whether you like that or not it's funny people were laughing at it it's good it's not like when you watch a comedy central half hour and you're wondering when you're gonna laugh i mean i will admit that i like dave Chappelle's second special better than the first from these two that he released but they were both really good, and it's still Dave Chappelle. But then you've got Amy Schumer, who is a Comedy Central creation, and 
people get so upset and act like you're being a misogynist when you don't like her. Well, stop hiding behind that because the fact that I don't like Amy Schumer has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. I don't like Amy Schumer because, as has already been discussed, she does other people's jokes, whether she's doing it or she has a writer that's feeding her this stuff. Either way, I expect you to be in charge of the quality control. If you're supposed to be the comic, if you're the person that's actually got to stand behind the joke, got to deliver the joke, got to sell the joke, going to make the most money off the joke, I expect you to check it out. I expect you to do your homework. I expect you to make sure that these people aren't bringing you other people's material, especially when this other material isn't coming from unknown comics it's been comics that are known kathleen madigan tammy pascatelli uh wendy liebman who's these people have been around forever these people have had specials out so all of a sudden you're getting this material that they already had which this is not me breaking anything new this is stuff we've already discussed more than a year ago. I mean, like when I say we, not here on Unbothered, but we've already discussed this within the comedy community and people acted like we were all supposed to let it go. So then it happens again on our most recent special with Dave Attell and John Mulaney. John Mulaney is the one that's still alive, right? Mitch Mulaney is the one that died. Uh, and I'm not being insensitive. I just get them confused because they're both white men with the last name Mulaney. But, uh, yeah, I think it was John Mulaney's, uh, one of John Mulaney's jokes, and then there was, like, you know, the Patrice thing that was a while back, too, and it just gets, like, at what point are we allowed to just, you want to be treated like any other person. Like, we're not supposed, we're supposed to be equals, right? Male or female, equal, equal, then a thief is a thief. Or a person that's doing other people's jokes is just a person that's doing other people's jokes. And Amy Schumer, whether people want to admit it or not, is one of those people. So, but all of a sudden you say that and suddenly you're bitter because she's doing so well and why do you care and this kind of stuff. And it's like, I really don't care. To tell you the truth, I'm going to do what I'm going to do anyway. So for me, Amy Schumer is a non-issue in that way. But it does bother me when I see people coming after Dave Chappelle for not being nice, quote unquote. But he's doing original material. If you've ever met him as a human being, he's a nice guy. He's a pleasant enough guy. He treats people to respect. Um, so he's cool in that way. And he even says on his special, he doesn't have a problem with people, you know, with gay people. Like, and I get that. And, and I know it also bothers people. It really bothers bloggers. And I know this because I've been up against the bloggers before. It really bothers bloggers when you just take their power away and you tell them you completely don't care. Nothing offends them more than just you telling them, I don't care what you think. Which Dave Chappelle said that on his special. He was just like... Yeah, I have no problem with gay people. I hate bloggers. So bloggers get upset because they think everybody's supposed to care. And I hate to tell bloggers, but you don't even exist in real life. Like, we don't see you all the time. For the most part, bloggers hide behind computers and never show up in the real world. That's what I've noticed with a lot of bloggers. And the ones that you do actually meet, because we all know a few people that submit their think pieces or sell their think pieces like we all if you're a comic you definitely know a few they're usually awkward people that just judge the world from far away and don't actually mix in and like okay let me let me explore your thinking because that's where i'm at like when i meet people 
if you know me, you know, well, if you're friends with me, you know you probably don't agree with a lot of what I have to say as far as politics, as far as Black Lives Matter, as far as feminism. There's a lot of that stuff that my closest friends or the people that I like the most out on the scene don't necessarily agree with. But we talk to each other with respect. Every once in a while with my other ethnic friends, we'll get ethnic and heated. And that's always fun and fine. Nobody's disrespectful. Like I know me and Damar Randy had a good like go back and forth. And I think it was about Trump and the military. I think that's what it was about. And it was outside of the comedy store and it stayed respectful, but we did get like, you know, a little bit loud and like, you know, go back and forth. And, but like I said, nothing disrespectful was said. So at the end of the day, it's just another conversation. And guess what? At the end of the day, we're all still living in the same world together. At the end of the day, I can still reach out and hug you if I want to. I can shake your hand. You are my friend. You're somebody I know. You're somebody I like. You're somebody I respect. So what do I care if we differ, if our opinions differ on certain things that... At the end of the day, yeah, they do affect us, but they're not right in front of us. Like this shit that's happening with Trump and Russia, I'll tell you what bothers me about the situation with Trump and Russia. I'm 100% for everybody investigating whatever they want to investigate. I'm 100% for that. I'm also 100% for uh, people digging deeper into the whole Hillary and the DNC thing. And that's not a tip for tat on the Trump thing. I'm more of this thinking, if you can wrap your brain around this. Uh, I am more for, okay, let's see exactly what everybody's doing. Let's see exactly what we're dealing with here. Like, yeah, let's check out and see if there was collusion with Russia. Then let's also check out the whole DNC and Hillary thing. And let's really get to the bottom and see exactly how dirty this stuff gets. Because to me... I don't see a point in any of these people being able to get over on us the way that, that they have been. Like, in a lot of cases, before the Internet, we were getting... I mean, it's only because of the Internet and social media and the way things are now that you can't keep a secret anymore. But, like, back in the day, things were under our no happening under our noses all the time and our parents' noses and our grandparents' noses, and nobody knew anything that was going on. So now we're getting to see, and I feel like, yeah, let's expose all of it. And am I particularly worried about Trump and Russia? Not really. And I'll tell you that that's because when it comes to Russia, I expect Russia to be doing shady shit. But it would come, when it comes to Hillary and the DNC doing shady shit to Bernie Sanders, who was technically part of their own party, that's where I feel like people should be concerned as well, or a little more concerned. Because people within our own country in my opinion, and especially within your own party, shouldn't be undermining other people, other credible people within your own party. And especially when it turned out to be to the country's detriment. Like, everybody says that Trump is the worst thing for the world, so let's let's say you're right. Let's say I buy that 100%, that Trump is the worst thing for the world. Well... Polling seemed to say, which we all know you can't necessarily trust polling because polling had Hillary beating Trump by a lot, and that turned out not to be the case. And yeah, I know the thing with popular vote and stuff like that, but when it came to electoral, co electoral college, we all know that that wasn't supposed to play out the way it was. That wasn't the way the polls were skewing. And then what ended up happening there? But 
polls showed that uh, Trump that Bernie would have blown Trump out of the water. Like that was the supposed projections. So what Hillary and DNC did was basically set Trump up to be our president, which, if I'm going with your thinking, is to our total detriment. But you're not worried about that at all. You really want to only focus on Trump's collusion, possible collusion with Russia or how much interaction they had. And I, like I said, feel like, why don't we check it all out? Why don't we demand answers for all of it? Since in the end, these people are making decisions that, are, that affect our lives. Tonight, uh, my friend Chuck Martin had posted on Facebook asking, uh, uh, like, Trump supporters, I just want to ask you one thing. What were you thinking? And I responded with, do you really want to know? And I can answer it really quickly for you, and maybe you won't like the answer, or maybe it'll give you a little perspective if you'll at least listen to it, Mr. Chuck Martin. I don't know if you listen to Unbothered. I'll listen back and uh, find out exactly where this is in the podcast so you can just skip right to this part and get right to the you of the situation. Uh, I don't expect you to be a full unbothered listener, a botherina, Chuck Martin. But... I will tell you, which I have said before, that I would rather have had somebody in office that we would scrutinize their every move and pay attention to exactly what it was they were doing or what it is they're doing, rather than have somebody that we thought was some sort of savior and were unwilling to look at anything that might possibly be wrong with that person. Because if you remember the way things were going during the campaign, like the email situation legit was a problem. But the fact that so many Hillary supporters was like, oh, no, that's just you guys making something out of nothing. No, that wasn't. That was like 1,234, I believe, was the number of emails. I think it was 1,234 emails that were either classified or and some of them were retroactively like um deemed classified and that kind of stuff and i i get that but some of them were had the c on them and that's something that had already been that has been discussed on cnn and which cnn is you know more left-leaning that's the other thing that bothers me is people always assume that I watch Fox News. People also assume that I'm conservative. I'm not necessarily conservative. I don't take a side. I really do go for what I feel is right at the moment, which is something I've said a million times, but people are still like, oh, no, you're conservative. You're conservative. You're definitely conservative. No, I'm not. And stop telling people what they are. That's one of the most frustrating things in the world. So many people want to tell you what they are rather than listen to you saying what it is you're saying. Like, listen to my actual words. I mean, like, the fact that I'm not liberal should tell you how wrong the... Or how... Sorry. Let me collect myself. Because I admit, I'm a little bothered right now. We gonna get unbothered by the end of this episode. But right now, I'm gonna allow myself to be in a full bothered state. So one of the things that bothers me the most, and one of the things I've been trying to tell people, the fact that the left doesn't understand that me not being liberal should be 
cause for actually examining what it is you're doing and how ridiculous you've gotten with a lot of things. I'm gay, I'm Mexican, and I'm from Arizona. I've had trans friends my entire adult life. I've lived in the gay community. Right now, I live in a predominantly Latino immigrant neighborhood. I grew up in a, well, technically, I grew up in a predominantly white town until I was 16, and then it was Latino neighborhoods from there on out. Like, one of the neighborhood where my nana or my grandma um, lived, which is where we ended up living, you know, because she had already died and we moved into the house because it was um, willed to my dad, um, is like a historical Latino neighborhood, or it was on its way to being until... A lot of us sold our fucking houses so that they could build the airport. But never mind that. That's beside the point. Yes, they gave us extra money. But that's nobody's business. They never ended up expanding the airport, though. Because some people were really dead set on trying to keep it historic and not letting them. But it was all shit. Anyway, people are stupid. Because those people could have got a lot of extra money. And they were giving you more than... <laughs> never mind. Let's not... Anyway. Eminent domain. Uh, you either fucking tell her. Uh, which we won't even get into the fucking Dakota Access Pipeline, which one day I will, but today's not that day. I've got to find somebody that's passionate about it and really knows their shit. I think Sarah Kenny might be a good one for that. And also Toby Murashanu, who I do have, plan to have Toby Murashanu on Unbothered by Ty Rivera. The problem is um, I, ha I knew that I had to do one on my own um, right after Earl, and that was because I hadn't done one by myself in, like, I think four or five episodes, and I just really felt like I needed to reconnect just just me and the botherinas. Sometimes it's got to be just us, you guys. Sometimes we've got to have a one-to-one, -one, a heart-to-heart, -heart, reset it, reestablish our connection, make sure we're strong. Before we go bringing other people back into our relationship. That's what I need from you botherinas. That's the part I need you to play. Is you got to be right here with me. Even if you're not always with me. Which I expect every once in a while I'm going to say some shit. And you're going to be like that's bullshit. Or he doesn't know what he's talking about right there. And I expect that. I think that's part of the fun. It's part of our friendship. <sighs> so where was I? Um... <laughs> I can't really say I remember where I was, uh, but I know that what I said is 100% the way I feel. And if Chuck Martin ever wants to come in and chat, I'd love to chat with you, Chuck. Um, I've invited people to be on Unbothered and um, they've declined because they were worried that we'd end up arguing or whatever. Well, if arguing is all you want to do, then I guess that's what we would end up doing. But I know that I've had people on that think the complete opposite of me and we've had very pleasant conversations. Like when I had Aston Wallace on, uh, we were, uh, we're on complete opposite sides of Black Lives Matter, but we covered that. We talked about Kaepernick. We talked about... or. Kaepernick, however you say it. Um, and then when I had Long Yu on, he also is a complete opposite side of me. And we also had a good chat. Uh, but I've had I've invited a few people. And then there's people that ask me to do Unbothered, which I don't mind at all when people, like, you know, suggest it or whatever. 
Um, if I said that I'm going to have you on, I'm definitely going to have you on. Like Toby Marashanu, I technically brought that up to him first. He reminded me not too long ago and said that he's definitely interested in doing it. And I definitely do want to have him on. Steve Hernandez is another. If you guys don't know to Toby Marashanu, I've done a couple shows for him. If you search them online, you can see um unsafe space is the name of his podcast and his podcast is uh he does part podcast and then he also has a show and i've done the one most recently on sex work before that i did one on police brutality i believe is what it was or yeah i think it was called like on police brutality and then um I think I did one other. Oh, yeah. I did one right after the election where I made the lady storm off the um, political expert, the professor of politics. Or so, yeah, I think she was a professor in politics. I pissed her off. And that was me being a troll in real life. Because here's the deal, guys. Every once in a while, people get really mad at me for certain things I say. But some things I just say because I know, like, it's this weird mix with me because there's things that I say that I really feel passionate about and I'm like, this is exactly how I feel and this is the part you need to pay attention to. But then there's sometimes where people are real assholes, right? And they don't know how to talk to me. They just want to come at me with the like, you're stupid and they want to tell me what's in my best interest, which is nothing is more insulting than having a... Uh, especially a white person, tell me as an ethnic person what's in my best interest. You're voting against your best interest. Bitch, you don't know what the fuck my best interest is. You don't know anything about my family. You don't know anything about where we come from. You don't know anything about our status in this country. You don't know how long each side of my parent, each side of my parents' families have been in this country. Like, you know nothing. You don't know anything about what the financial situation was growing up or what it was, what it is for my uncles and aunts or the people that are around me, you know nothing about me, but suddenly you've decided just because I'm brown and I'm gay that now you know exactly what's in my best interest. How about, and I've talked about this before too, and this is also going back to Mr. Chuck Martin, um, how about the fact that I like the fact that Trump, whether people like it or not, is actually willing to do something or try to figure something out as far as immigration goes. How about the fact that there's a lot of people that have been living in limbo for a long time that don't know one way or the other? Well, if they're going to have to go back, then let's decide they have to go back and get them started on that right away so they can start figuring out their lives in that way. Or if they're going to stay here and we're going to figure out a pathway to citizenship, then let's go ahead and do that and start figuring out what that's going to be. But just to leave these people in limbo forever leaves them in these bad situations where people can take care take advantage of them where people can pay them less for jobs that they should be getting more money for and anybody that thinks that getting rid of all the immigrants is the solution is a fucking idiot and i think whether people realize it or not having jeff sessions with uh, there with trump is actually a good thing just because he was in alabama which alabama tried that alabama did a really good job of getting rid of the immigrants for a while a great job of getting rid of the immigrants for a while and they had to come out and publicly say that it was a mistake shit just started shutting down it didn't work out the way that they thought it would at all because there were certain jobs that even broke americans would not do plus Immigrants are great, and I don't mind admitting that. 
like plenty of immigrants really do help. I mean, like, yeah, I think that when Trump talked about immigrants, he said that the wrong way and maybe should have rolled that back. In my opinion, I don't think there would have been anything wrong with him rolling back on that and just being like, I said that the wrong way. What I meant was most are here trying to do the right things, but we really need to get rid of the bad ones. And there are bad ones. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. But then you say that to the most liberal people and they're like, no, that's not. It's like, shut up. Like, make some compromise. Understand that, yes, some people have done stuff here and shouldn't have done stuff here. And if you ask me, the amount of crime you should commit here as an immigrant is zero. And I know that may seem like a hard-ass way to go about it, but if you're really here, here to build a better life, then build a better life. That's what I want you to do is build a better life. I want you to build a better life. I want you to make a better life for you and your family. But you can't be fucking up here. If you want to do that, you got to go back home. And whether that's Mexico, because a lot of times people do just think Mexico right away or they think of Latino. No, I mean any immigrant, no matter what color your skin is, no matter what religion you are, if you're doing shit here you shouldn't be doing, then you need to go back immediately. There doesn't need to be a whole thing about it and it costs us thousands upon thousands of dollars to figure out whether or not, no, it's just time for you to go back. And I think that that would help our system out a lot. But then you say that and people are like, no, you just can't do it. And it's like, all right, well, now you're just being unreasonable. Because if we're willing to say, yes, a lot of people should, or f yeah, a lot of people. Because with 11 million, there's no way it's not going to be a lot of people. A lot of people should be able to figure out their lives here. Yeah, you made your way here and whatever else. But and then yeah, once we figure it out figure it out for those people, then I do feel like we need to be very strict about the way we enforce. Because at that point it's like, all right, we've made the compromise. Now what's done is done. You can't unring a bell. You're already here. And we've figured that out. But we can't have people just coming over all the time. Because we need to figure a lot of shit out, which is something Eric Marino got mad at me for saying. And he was saying that I was stupid and whatever else. And it, like to me, me and Eric talked and I'll end up posting that very soon. All this stuff that I say I'm going to post, I'm going to post within the next week or two. I've got a lot of stuff to be um, to be uh, that I've got to post and it's it's all going to go up. And it's the reason that I'm being sober, which is ugh. But you guys are going to, um, that's the other thing I wanted to say. You guys are going to keep me honest on that. But uh, Eric Marino was mad at me because I thought that, you know, we should figure out some kind of freeze for right now on having people, like, immigrate to this country. And Because if we're trying to figure out health care, it's like if you're trying to plan a trip, that's the way I see it. And I know some of you will judge me and be like, he has childlike thinking. He's so basic. Okay, well, listen to my basic ass for a second and then judge me at the end or think about how stupid I am. Let's not all forget, we're dealing with the ninth grade education here. All right? So, but every once in a while, I feel like looking at things in the simplest way is actually a good way to do it. And maybe I say that because I'm biased and I usually look at things in the simplest way. <laughs> But it works, and it makes life fun, and whatever. Just hear me out for a second. So this is what I feel like. 
I feel kind of like when it comes to healthcare, it's almost like if you're going to go on a trip, right? You're like, okay, I don't really care who comes on the trip. I just need a head count or a general idea of how many people are going to come along so that I can pack enough sandwiches for everybody. Does that make sense? Because, like, that's the way I see it. Like, you know, if we're going to try to figure out how to make this work where, you know, we're all supposed to kind of pay into the system, which when it comes to me, I've already said I don't think I'm getting asked to pay a fair amount of money at all. Like, I watch out for myself enough that I don't want to have to make that, like, a major priority in my life and I've got to pay this money all the time. It just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair at all. But, yeah, I really do feel like we need some sort of semi-accurate and I know that there's no way to completely like we've tried they've tried there's no way to completely keep people from coming into the country you know there's always going to be tunnels or different ways for people to come in and I definitely don't think that the wall is the solution I think the wall is more to send a message across which I don't know if we need a message that will cost you know close to well there's different estimates you know some people say high millions well hundreds of millions and then some people say something billion and I don't know exactly you know what it would be I'm not in the wall building business it's not I live in an apartment I've never even had a wall put around my house because I don't have a house. I watched something on CNN where they said they threw a number out, though, but I don't remember. And it was something about how they already have a wall in certain parts and there are certain people that are kind of in this weird space where they're still technically in the United States, but the wall cuts through their area. So even though they're technically United States, they're on the Mexico side of the wall. And it was about how um, like certain businesses have had a really hard time working through, but then there's other people that do really were, were, no, those people also were taking a shit too, like their business. Like there was the guy that used to ride people across in a canoe um, so they could go to some like little town where there was this restaurant and stuff like that. And uh, that guy's business had slowed down quite a bit. And that restaurant had went over for a little while, but then they reopened it. And this is all way too much story. And I'm going off on a tangent. But you guys, what the fuck do you want from me? Jesus Christ, I'm already sober. Do you want me to pay attention to? I don't know what's happening. Anyway, so my point is we need to have at least some kind of idea. And like I said, if we're more strict about the way we enforce our borders, then at least we have a better estimate of what's happening. Where if we just continue to let people flow in, like I even read, like, because I tried to do check out like what exactly is coming across the borders. And they're not even sure because they stopped taking numbers on that. I think it was in 2006 or uh, maybe 2012 was the last time. I can't remember exactly because I have a terrible memory. But I had to look it up because I did Josh Wolf's podcast. And if you want to look it up, you'll see the same convoluted answer I got and why it is I don't really remember. Because if it had been a definite, like, this is what it was, then I would have remembered that. But, you know, there's and there's people even coming from... I was reading this article in Time Magazine not too long ago, or Time Online. It could have been either, because my dad still subscribes to the magazine until we get magazines to my parents' house, and I, I read it when I'm in town. Um, but it was either Time Online or Time Magazine that um, Haitians were coming in through the 
the Tijuana border in San Diego. And um, there's these like uh, missions that basically house them. And for right now, they're stuck there and like wanting to get in. And I don't remember how many it was, but it was like a ridiculous amount that that was also coming in that way. So it's kind of like if we keep having our numbers go up in these ridiculous amounts, then how is it we figure out our system? How is it we're supposed to figure out what it is everybody's supposed to pay and what's going to work out the best? And yeah, when it comes down to it, I don't want to pay for a bunch of other people that aren't even from this country if they get sick or they get hurt. And that may sound heartless, but welcome to America. Or I should say, not welcome to America. Whatever the fuck. I'm not worried about everybody's feelings all the time, you guys. I'm just not, all right? I'm going to be honest. Sometimes I worry about me and mine. And when I say me and mine, I have to admit that I worry more about other Americans. And, like, I just had a friend who her grandfather died, and he was 90-some years old, and he was a World War II vet. And because they didn't plan for him to live that long or they don't plan for vets to live that long, um, they were denying him benefits. And I don't think that that's something that should happen in our country. I don't think our vets should ever have to worry about that kind of stuff and i know about you know all the problems with the va hospitals and stuff like that like phoenix was one of the biggest problems for that people were dying in phoenix and dying in the waiting rooms literally and i don't think that that's something that should ever happen in this country the people that have whether you like the wars they fought in or not like i had a friend the other day that was like i have one friend that's a vet um jeff which if you know Jeff Carasales, um, he, he's a good friend of mine. I consider Jeff to be a very good friend. And um, we had another friend who will remain, remain nameless because I'm not trying to throw him in the, under the bus or whatever. But he was trying to give Jeff a, not a hard time because if you know Jeff's personality, th there aren't a lot of people that are really going to give him a hard time. He's not putting up with anybody's shit. Um, but th this person was kind of trying to press him a little bit and be like, you know, how could you even go over there and fight and whatever else? And when a person signs up for the service, it's not their job to really think like that. That's what people, in my opinion, need to take into account. Like if, if people were just arguing the orders all the time, then they wouldn't be doing what it is we need them to do. Like, it's the people above them tell give them their orders and tell them what to do, and then it's their job to do that. So I'm not going to hold them responsible or act like they did anything wrong because I don't necessarily agree with a particular war or whatever. I'm more about the general side of things, like, in general. Like, what do I think should happen with people, with vets? Like, I think that they should be taken care of forever. I feel that way. I feel like our government should make sure that as far as health and stuff like that, they don't have to worry about that shit. So, anyway, maybe I'm a dumb fuck. I don't really think I am, though. I gotta be honest. I don't have a self-esteem problem like that. I also don't, I mean, like, I joke about the ninth grade education thing, and sometimes people try to throw it in my face like it's a bad thing or whatever, but I'm always like, I don't really care. I mean, like, for me... I went to school for 10 years and felt like, I get it. I get the gist. 
I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to start my life. And so I dropped out and got my GED. And I don't, <laughs> like, it's, I've never felt like I really wish I had finished school. I didn't. And, I mean, like, it. also, like, you know, I had a kid try to bully me when I was in eighth grade. Um, and there was one kid in seventh grade, and I really just had no problem with this kid. He just had the biggest problem with me, and I really didn't want anything with him. So in that way, I was just like, yeah, I don't even know why you have a problem with me. It really was a weird bully situation where he was, I don't know if he was secretly gay and in love with me, and I'm not saying that, and I just don't know why this person was so hot on me every fucking day and I just didn't get it and I felt like that's your problem and I was raised not to be out fighting with people and stuff like that and so I mean like you know that kid is probably a big part of the reason that I don't put up with anybody's shit to this day so I guess I should be thankful to him but yeah I mean like I remember just being like I don't know what this kid's fucking problem is and he would always try to bully me um and then one day I don't remember what happened but he just stopped uh I don't remember if he ended up going to another school or what happened. And then uh, there was this other kid, William, and him, he tried to bully me, and he was, like, bullying me. But I wasn't worried about him. It was his brother that I didn't want any problems with, you know, because technically he was a fucking little piece of shit or whatever, but his brother was, like, had been to juvenile hall, and, like, I grew up in a small town, and it was, like, you know, he just didn't want to fuck with his older brother. And, um, but yeah, he got away just because I didn't want to fuck with his brother for a long time. And then on yearbook signing day, he got socked straight in his fucking mouth and wasn't ready for it. I remember his fucking bitch ass right there, like, when you hit me. <laughs> and I mean, like, you know, I was a kid that like really was raised to be a good boy and be respectful with people and not be fighting, like I said. But I had gotten tired of this kid. And so I didn't get in any trouble trouble for my parents by about that one and then there was a point where I just started getting in fights all the time and that was because like you know people just started trying to fucking bother me for no reason in uh what was that like maybe eighth grade yeah it was eighth grade where people were just I don't know why people were fucking with me so much I still have that problem now where a lot of times people will really try to fucking start with me when it's like I didn't even say anything to you like technically that's even what's happened with like you know the trans people that I've mes mentioned like um Robin Tran and Olivia Hayter like what happened was I said something about um other stuff and was doing my bits and it was other stuff to do with trans and then they decided to make that their fight and so they came after me and they decided that they were going to make me stop saying what I was going to say and then I was like oh no bitch that's not going to happen and then I showed them what it looks like when you're really good at that because if you guys have noticed I have gotten so good at what I do that uh like when it comes to like kind of bossing on these people that think they're going to fucking tell me what's what that uh like if you notice I'll get into it with people and then suddenly those people will just stop coming around the comedy scene because in real life a lot of people like me and it's not because I think I'm anything special or anything like that it's just because I am open minded I am friendly 
I will give you advice if you ask me for it. I'm not a person who's always going to volunteer shit and just be like, this is what you need to do. I'm not that person at all. But if you ask me, like, you know, how would you suggest I get this done or I submit this or what would your recommendation be? Like if I were to, you know, try to get in this particular club or um, do you know this book or like all that stuff people will ask me about. And I'm always cool with answering that stuff if I take you seriously and I like what you do. Like, and there's more people on the scene, even though I talk a lot of shit and I mention the people that get on my nerves uh, or the comics that I don't really consider comics. There's more people on the scene that I really do like and respect. And they're at different levels of their development. Some of them like haven't figured it out. And in some cases, some of them you all would look at, and this is me being shady. This is just me being honest hundred percent right now. There's some of them that you all would look at if you're not a comic or you haven't been around for a while and you'd be like, yeah, I don't think they're funny, but I see something in them and I see that they'll be able to grow into what it is or I see just, like, something about their personality. And, you know, I mean, like, I have been doing this for a while, and I do have a pretty good sense about people, you know, and I have had some people that have done really well, like, you know, get some advice or help from me at, at different points. And so, I mean, like, there's more people that I'm willing to be good to or helpful to and not for anything to do with me because the truth is I feel like I'm going to make my thing happen no matter what like I'm not trying to latch on to anybody's coattails I just you know want to see my what it is I love which is stand up I want to see it grow and I want to see it you know I want to see new voices come out and I want to see other ethnic people get ahead and when it does come to like because I have been very open about the fact that I am not a feminist on any level as far as like what calls itself feminist but as far as like wanting to see women get ahead I definitely want to see women get ahead I mean like I've helped female comics get ahead and not because they were female in particular like I know they have a different roads so I do try to help them out and try to help them kind of navigate that you know in my own way um, but I'm always going to do things in my own way. I'm never going to be like 100% say things the way you think I should say them. That's just not what I do. Because my thinking is so different from a lot of people. Like, people don't realize when it comes to even like people get mad at me because of the way that I think about LGBT, right? Which I mentioned that. But when it comes to even the way that I deal with women, like a lot of the women that I've known have been strong, strong ethnic women. In some cases, though, kind of on the outside of stuff like um, escorts, prostitutes, uh, strippers. And then, yeah, I know plenty of like legit business women or, you know, women in corporate America. Like I know enough of that too. But really, so. If, if you think about, like, my past and where I come from, it only makes sense that the way that I go about things and the way that I think things is going to be a little bit different than you. I mean, like, even when I came up, just me being gay, being gay, Latino, and from Arizona, the way that I've had to navigate the world has been different from the way that a lot of people navigated the world. Like when I said earlier that being gay was considered to be something wrong when I was younger, that's the way people treated me. 
Like people always treat it. And, but I was never willing to be, once I came out, I was out and I wasn't willing to be like, you know, closet or go back in the closet for anybody or pretend not to be gay. I remember one time it was something as small as, uh, me getting my eyebrows done. My sister used to go to this, this shop and it was in Las Vegas because with the time we were living in Las Vegas and my sister used to go to this shop and it was like pretty much an all black shop and there was this guy that used to do her eyebrows there and um, she, I loved the way he did her eyebrows and so um, I said that I wanted him to do my eyebrows and he was like, he was like, you want to get your eyebrows done? And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, you do them. And then he was like, don't you think that's kind of for girls? And then I was like, no, I just want to get my eyebrows done. And he was like, no, I think that's kind of feminine. I mean, like, you don't think that that's kind of feminine? Like, the fact that you want to get your eyebrows done? And I was like, yeah, well, I'm gay, so I don't really consider that stuff too much. And then my sister started laughing. And then he started stuttering. And then he was like, he was like, well, I mean, like, I'll, I'll go ahead and do them if you want me to do them. And I was like, no, that's fine. I'm fine. And so he didn't get my money. But I also didn't get my eyebrows done. So I just had to do my eyebrows myself. And at the time, I would tweak every once in a while. So those eyebrows got done, bitch. Anyway, you guys, I don't know. This has been a fun chat for us. Um... So what are the main points of this? I'm sober. I'm going to be sober. Let's let's do an honest 90 days, guys. I sobered myself up officially um, last Sunday. So now we're seven days in, right? And um, we're going to start off with an honest 90 as we go along, I'm going to keep you guys posted on what it is I'm doing. I've got a lot of fun stuff that I'm working on. When I was talking about, uh, like, trying to help people out and that kind of stuff and Comedy Central, when it comes down to Comedy Central, I'm not mad at Comedy Central for being Comedy Central. That's me venting and just being 100% honest with you guys about some of my frustration when it comes to that. If you know my history, I've been on Comedy Central twice. I appreciate Comedy Central for, for what they've done for me personally, even if right now I'm, well, for the last couple of years, I'm not necessarily on board with some of the choices that they've made. But to me, that's not even personal. That's as personal as when they pass on a submission. Like, to me, that's, that's my equivalent of doing that. I'm letting you know that I'm not necessarily liking what you're doing right now either. So every once in a while, Comedy Central, or not every once in a while, every year, you pass up on several submissions that maybe I would think were great, or everybody knows is great, or you even know is great, but you just have something else you're trying to push. So to me, it's not really personal at all. But, you know, if anybody over there wants to take this personal, I guess you're welcome to do whatever you want to do. I don't have any control over you. Uh, I don't try to control other adults that way. But my point is for... Um, the people listening. I don't think we should all count on Comedy Central anyway, or anybody else for that matter. Not even that personal, like any Netflix. I mean, like if one of them wants you, then great, go for that and make that happen for you. But I don't think we as comics need to sit on our hands and wait for somebody to pick us anymore. 
because with YouTube and Facebook and podcast and all the different avenues we have to actually help ourselves out and help each other get ahead in some cases when we see things that maybe the industry doesn't necessarily see or want to recognize, maybe we need to start working together, the people that actually want to get ahead in this business and see how we can promote each other and create those opportunities for ourselves. And I know that I'm going to do my part, whatever you guys do or don't decide to do, I'm going to do my part to make sure that uh, I can at least help however I help out. You know, I um, recently took Nicole Buchanan with me to Las Vegas, and that turned out to be a great choice, and I was glad I did it. Um, I had some stipulations, though, not just for Nicola as an individual. Um, if you saw when I posted on Facebook about it, I posted that, um, you know, I w wanted somebody that had a car and that could actually drive, and, you know, I would pay for gas, and... Um, uh, then I also wanted to make sure that the person knew that I wanted them to behave in a pro professional manner and not be drunk or high before the show. I don't care what you do after the show. That's your business. We were in Vegas. Nicole doesn't appear to be a big drinker. She wasn't on that particular trip. I didn't really ask her how much she drank or anything. And we did talk quite a bit. And I liked hanging out with her. Like, she's a good girl. She's a funny, too, which is the most important thing to me because... <sighs> Don't get me started, you guys. We're trying to wind this episode down. But what I was saying was when it comes to Nicole, she was fun. She was nice. She was professional. She was a fucking beast when it came to fucking driving. Because she drove us pretty much all the way there with the exception of like half an hour where I thought I could drive and then I just was too tired and was like, I can't do this. But then in all fairness, I drove us all the way back. So without, you know, asking her to drive at any point. I was just like, yeah. <sighs> yes, Nicole, much like Jesus, I'm about to take the wheel. Oh. But yeah, so I did drive us all the way back. And um, yeah, and I plan to offer another opportunity like that probably tomorrow, I think I'm going to put one out for Colorado. Um but there's going to be stipulations on that one, too, like having your own car, being willing to have my dogs in the car, um, not selling merch and helping me sell my CDs because I'm going to use that to fund a particular project. Um, and I'll explain more of that in other episodes or on my Facebook. Or you can go to I'm going to start like not blogging in the traditional sense. I'm going to start video blogging again um, with uh, YouTube Live. And um, doing that kind of stuff so that you guys can check out kind of what it is I have going. Or maybe I'll do it through Instagram. I don't know. We'll figure out. Let me know what you think the best social media platform is for me to stream everything. Um, maybe I'll do it that way. But, yeah. And so there are going to be stipulations. And, you know, for the people that, like, send me a message or post on my thread and then, like, get mad at me because I don't hit you up right away. And there's no part of me that's saying that I'm just going to pick the first fucking person that hits me up. That's not the way this fucking works. I mean, like, technically, I don't need to take anybody with me. That's what people don't get. I, like, this part, I'm doing 100% as, like, yeah, 
like possibly kill two birds with one stone and I could, you know, be able to take my dogs and just ride out there together or whatever. But I don't fucking need you. Technically, what I can do is just leave my dogs with my good friend, which is where I always leave them with their godparents. That's where my dogs stay. And then I fly myself out there and I fly back and I don't need to fuck with you at all. And I could just have somebody either meet me out there and just fly out there, maybe just a friend and not offer a stranger or somebody that I know a little or not as well and maybe not offer that opportunity to them. Or I could just decide to have local, the local fucking talent because that's what I've done a lot of times when I've gone out there. I just have the option of being able to have my feature. So I'm thinking about offering somebody that opportunity. But if it bothers you in any way, any of what I say, if you think I'm trying to quote unquote sun you at any point, then just don't even fucking apply. Don't feed into my behavior or my mental illness or whatever it is. See, you guys get me all upset. What I was saying is don't feed into whatever the fuck you think I'm going through. If you think I'm being an asshole, then don't feed into it. Don't fucking chime in and say they throw your hat in the ring, say that you might possibly want to do it. Just be like, oh, Ty's on some shit this time. I'm not going to fucking do that. And I will respect that. As I mean, like, I won't know what happens because you won't. <sighs> all right, guys. I think we all have been felt. I appreciate you. Um, please hit me up with any questions you may have. And I'm not being an asshole right now. I really do mean this. Hit me up with any questions you may have or uh, anything you might want to say, any comments. You can hit me up on Facebook. Uh, Ty, Rivera, Ty Rivera Comedy is my fan page. Or you can also, um, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you know how to get a hold of me. It, I prefer not private message put it on the wall because private message for me is kind of for people that want to book me for gigs like that kind of stuff private message isn't for uh, this kind of shit uh, post it on my wall or post it on a comment thread or post it when I post this that would be a good place to do it yeah um, or post it on SoundCloud or um, review me on iTunes and I'll see it there <sighs> And just like that, I'm unbothered again. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I love you all. America's favorite fag.com. I'm Ty Rivera, and this has been Unbothered by Ty Rivera.